0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Perspectives Podcast. My name is Bruce, and I have my lovely wife, Deb, here. This is a place for conversation from a variety of cultural perspectives and faith perspectives as well. That was a terrible intro. (laughs) Deborah, hi, Deb. Hello. We've been having fun. Over the last few weeks, we've been doing a podcast on parenting perspectives, and this week, we're focusing on adolescence. Um, if you want to go back, we started with pregnancy, then we did a podcast on one to three year olds, four to 10 year olds last week. And now we're going to focus on 11 to 13 year olds and adolescents. Typically, if you go online or if you've studied childhood development, it's this 10 to 19, they talk about this transition from a child to an adult. And It's interesting to look at this from a cultural perspective because throughout history, it's recognized in all the different cultures, but in the West over the last few years, this transition has been expanding and not something that takes place over a few years, but you've got 17, 18, 19, (laughs) it keeps growing, 20-year-olds transitioning into adulthood. What is going on? (laughs) We were... Tempted to just blend in, you know, teenage years, but this particular transition time, I think is the key. We've experienced it a number of times, I think with five kids have gone through this transition six, it's setting the stage for identity. Who are they, who they're going to be? We've all been there as adults where you're going through this transition. You can't wait to be an adult and be viewed as an adult. And you, you do all the things necessary to kind of fit in looking back. It's kind of a silly time. (laughs) So in this period between 11, 13, and of course, girls versus boys, because the girls do uh, mature typically a lot faster than the boys.
1: I think I'm surprised, like even Abigail, 10 years old, and already her hormones are playing a part in her life and affecting her emotions and her growth, and it just seems so young.
0: It is, and, and what we want to talk about is not so much maybe practical tips, but just a philosophy of holding space. We talked about it in the last podcast for Holding Space for Rebellion. And how we get so uncomfortable with it. And it's really about us. Parenting's not working. What are people going to think about us? And so we double down on the outward obedience, you know, Mm -hmm. penalties and um, spanking or taking things away, repeating, doing whatever we need to do to get that outward obedience.
1: Well, I think that it's all those insecurities and stuff that we struggle with is heightened in this time when they're going through all these emotional ups and downs and I think it heightens our own anxieties.
0: Right, right. Because they they are kind of coming into their own. The primary identity for that first ten years is really what you put over them. You know, Mm -hmm. you're recognizing that they're really good at certain things or they like certain things. And so you're affirming those things. Not Mm -hmm. that they're not real. But now they get a chance to step back and compare who the parent Mm -hmm. has told them they are Mm -hmm. versus who they feel innately. And also, you've got this natural pushing away Mm -hmm. from the identity that's been given to them to really own their own identity. So this period, if you don't recognize it, I think it just becomes a terrible season for a lot of parents. Uh, that they end up reaping in the teenage years Mm -hmm. because the relationship's been rifted. Yes. One of the things that we've learned is that if you hold space for them to self-discover, it really lessens the strife and the stress. Like if they want to start dressing a certain way, or wearing their hair a certain way. Mm-hmm. And even the little things that bother you, you know they're looking for that. They're looking, how can I differentiate myself from my parents? And if I get a reaction, then that means it's it works.
1: Yes, I think it, it is this period of testing and they're testing even more who they are, like how far can I test? What can I say? What am I allowed to get away with saying? And if our reactions stay kind of calm, then-
0: It diffuses the situation. And, and so early on, if you look for this and plan for this, it took us a few kids to realize, okay, this is a pattern and here it comes, here comes the 11, 12 year olds. And so we don't overreact and just discipline this. It looks, can look like overt rebellion. Mm -hmm. It can look Mm -hmm. like it, the tone, the challenging of the parent. And
1: they can even say hurtful things mm -hmm. and they don't realize what they're saying, but we can feel this hurt and to not take it personally.
0: We talked about unconditional love Mm -hmm. in the last podcast. And what does that mean? You know, are we loving and affirming who they are based on a certain criteria of behaviors? words, tones, actions, or are we embodying love in that situation? And it is hard. It's hard because, again, if we're not being present, we've had a long day, we're tired, not paying attention to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That These are the times where we really can be tempted to ratchet up our discipline mm-hmm. and bring in the authority and go back to role versus relationship.
1: Yes, and we're so quick to have our own replies and we can act like we're teenagers.
0: Yeah. We're smarter than them. Right. (laughs) So we, we can debate, we can get drawn into Mm -hmm. even what is really not about the conversation. It's about them testing and seeing how's mom and dad going to re going to react as I prefer this Mm -hmm. or want to do this instead of what I know they value this but I'm going to go that way. Maybe it's anything you can pick it music. They listen to movies that they want to watch clothing. I think the big danger is for religious people and we are Christians. And so we've been kind of our whole married life. And even before that within Mm -hmm. Christianity and Christianity has many good principles and things to live by. Uh, morals and ethics, and there's a whole kind of packaged system of thought, depending on what denomination you're in. In this moment, if your relationship with God is more of a religion, Mm -hmm. is more of an outward performance-based relationship, (laughs) if you can put it that way, then this time is going to be very contentious because you're going to even look to scripture, you're going to look to ways to pressure And even coerce your Mm -hmm. child towards certain behaviors as they're, again, trying to find who they are, test who they are. They don't know who they are fully yet. Yes,
1: and I think we talked about this in the first podcast where even more so now we're scared that they're not going to choose God, they're not going to choose our religion, and there's a fear that comes in that they're going to suffer punishment and Mm -hmm. uh, go off the rails and have this terrible life.
0: But the irony like is a particularly fundamental Christianity when it's so focused on, you know, we need to act this way, think this way, and then we're going to be blessed and God's going to love us and protect Mm -hmm. us. And, and if we are living basically out of fear Mm -hmm. and not motivated out of volitional free love, it's been given to us and we're giving it back in relationship with Jesus. Then we are going to look at this as an age of heightened discipline. And what happens is the child in this season is still so malleable being formed that that kind of parenting will work for a season. Mm-hmm. They, they will they comply. They still want to please you. And they're also weaker. Mm-hmm. So you can force certain habits and you are, again, you get more experience, more words, more vocabulary. So you can force them into these cookie cutter religious shapes for a while. This is where you need to step back and stop being a fundamental Mm -hmm. Christian, particularly in the West, because this is the seedbed for rebellion, Mm -hmm. right? If they're pressured into the person that you are hoping they become Mm -hmm. there's a reckoning coming in the years ahead at college when they leave the house and you see it, this is what many are calling deconstruction. You know, people are not throwing away Christianity or a spiritual mind or heart. Mm -hmm. They're throwing off the clothing that's been forced upon them that they didn't put on. They're trying to find the identity that was delayed I think, in the 11 to 13 range. What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of scary to think as they throw off what we're trying to put on them that there isn't something real enough or attractive enough in us Mm -hmm. for them to say, I want this in in the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, even in these tumultuous years as they're testing and asking, I see even these moments where they're honest and asking honest questions, but it's too much for us. And we can't even take their honesty, like it comes across to us as Mm -hmm. rebellion or questions you shouldn't ask.
0: Like, oh my goodness, they're going to lose their salvation. Yeah. And the first few kids, I remember questions like honest dialogue and it became more of an apologetic time (laughs) Mm -hmm. where it's like, again, that's a reflection of our culture from the West. It's here's information driven, you know, there's no space for mystery, for questions. And for me to be okay as a dad or you as a mom to say, you know what, that's a great question. I don't know.
1: know, Maybe we
0: should look at that or think about that or pray about that.
1: And even honesty in, well, mom, you don't do this or you say this. And you know, they're pointing out some of your own weaknesses and Mm -hmm. stuff where you don't, own up to what you say you believe in, or who you're trying to be, and they can see it. And it's really, um, it's humbling to have them notice those kind of things. And you want to not listen, Mm -hmm. not pay attention.
0: So much of our Western Christianity has hampered this particular transition with our kids. We're so performative and we're focused on the outward, they are naturally, like you're saying, looking at mom and dad relationship. Our theology is coming out through our marriage. It's not coming out through our words. Mm -hmm. We can go to church and put on a good show, (laughs) even, you know, subconsciously, you know, where eyes are closed and hands are raised. We're this particular Christian family in little moments, but our kids are picking up on the inconsistencies. And if... We're wise enough and mature enough and humble enough, then we will be okay with that if we are requiring certain behaviors and not giving the latitude for them to explore, for them to see the reactions in the mom and dad and in our love toward them mm-hmm. as not being that dramatic. Mm-hmm as long as they're not injuring themselves or doing something that's like harmful to society (laughs) are going to land them in jail in this age group, the, the more we just celebrate who they are and enjoy them. I think you'll see less, rebellion, less extremes. We have a joke like with our kids as they get in the teenage years and it's like, you know, dad, what do you think about tattoos? And it's like, I don't have a problem with tattoos, but I personally don't have any, but I joke with them, like whatever tattoo you're going to get, I'm going to get the same one. And it's always funny because the reaction's like, ew, you know, <laughs> we don't want, and that's my point is that they're trying to differentiate themselves and that's okay. Mm-hmm. They, they may dress differently and talk differently and maybe have different kinds of friends you know, that's, that are more reflective of their personality or they may just be testing us. And so holding space for that testing, uh, I think is critical because they're getting a view of unconditional love and as they move into the teenage years, they can really embrace who they are knowing that my parents are going to be by my side.
1: Yes. And as you're saying, they're trying to differentiate themselves from us. I think that that's uh, like something we are not sure we want them to do. Like they're part of our family and we still see them as a reflection of us and of our parenting. And so we're not ready a lot of the times at this age still young for them to be going through this and and saying, I don't want to look like you and to act like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: In the tumultuous emotional season 11 to 13, 14, I think it's really important to step back and not try and parent with a reactionary emotionalism. So, mm-hmm. for example, we had Abby, she's 10, but mature girl who's now, you know, trying to dress like her big sister and, and, and also test whether she really needs to submit to mm-hmm. certain, you know, do the dishes. And then it's just no. <laughs> well, <What? laughs> oh, that's interesting. And instead of responding to that immediately, I'm going to sit down with her. We're going to have a talk about it. It was interesting. She, again, tried to kind of give me false information and not face the real issue. Continued to talk and... Eventually, there was that heart response that you were wanting. And it, it was interesting. It had nothing to do with the dishes. Yeah, it was all about whether we could maintain a real authentic relationship in times of emotional outburst when mm-hmm. she didn't even know why she was feeling the way mm-hmm. she was feeling.
1: Yes, and we want to rush in and fix things so badly in each other. And then when our kids are in this emotional state of feeling wildly up one minute and then down in the dumps the next minute and the things that come out of their mouths like, oh, I wish I could die. Oh, this is just so awful. I hate my life. I hate everything. You want to fix it. It's like, look at everything you have. You're so blessed. Let's count your blessings. But to give them that space and not fix it so fast of like, oh, no, you shouldn't like want to die? No. Mm
0: -hmm. Let's pray right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure how much of our early Christianity actually helped us parent. And for those of you (laughs) that support us, we're missionaries. Because until we became good with our own brokenness and the mercy that God gives us every day, Mm -hmm. we were reacting and parenting the way we viewed God. Mm -hmm. And he is always going for the heart you know it's not the outside of the cup that needs concern it's the inside and if anything religion that was jesus main problem were those that wore the nice robes and had all of the positional authority and and jesus comes along and he's eating with sinners and broken people they couldn't there was no paradigm for it And we should take a lesson from Jesus. Like when our kids are testing the boundaries and are not acting outwardly, Mm -hmm. that we're parenting the heart. We're always focused on maintaining that relational connection. And the stronger that is, um, of course, we're going to fail. We're going to get upset. We're going to say things, too, as parents. Mm -hmm. None of us are perfect, and we're going to need to give ourselves a lot of mercy, too. I, I guess the main point I wanted to make with this podcast was that when you, like with a vision toward the teenage years, if you make the mistake of not allowing them to express themselves and to explore.
1: And to feel their emotions.
0: And right. And exactly. Then that is going to come around and bite you later on. And how can I say that we have had, not perfect kids but we have maintained relationship with them throughout their teenage years young adult years and so you don't need to fear
1: mm-hmm.
0: you don't need to look ahead and go oh my goodness okay the teenage years it's like no set yourself up by getting ready for the the season where they will really wrestle and and not all the time they're not wrestling mm-hmm. but they're they're testing us one point you made deb is like if your christianity is just words. If it's not something authentic, then why do you want them to have it anyway? I think there are so many parents trusting for the prodigal to return because these years were spent trying to force a personhood, a personality, behavior patterns without holding space for that. And so they got fed up and re- they these aren't necessarily rebels. Mm-hmm. They are people that shook off mm-hmm. the, cl- the religious clothing and this template that was put over them and are experiencing life. They're free. They're yes. free from your projection. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I was going to say that, you know, our this nervousness about the prodigal leaving and how some of our motivation might be for them to come back so they can affirm our own faith. Right. When we should be asking questions about our faith like they are.
0: It's just the reality. There's no life in religion. An outward-focused religion will just lead to death. So in this season, 11 to 13-year-olds, focus on life, focus on relationship. As you're uncomfortable with some of their reactions and responses and find it hard to love, then see that as a relational mirror. And something that is, needs to be formed in you as much, maybe even more, than what needs to be formed in them.
1: Yes, and then these teenage years really can be fun, where they are turning into your friends, and you're having good conversations and good debates. And
0: Our relationship is more important than the particular doctrines that we're mm-hmm. holding. And our relationship's stronger, than the particular differences that we may have. If you I would don't,
1: have. I would have had a problem with that statement, I think, quite a few years ago.
0: Yeah, myself as well. You know, Jesus says, come learn from me. And as we are learning about Jesus, we ultimately learn about unconditional love mm-hmm. that is beyond the way we think, the way we act. And there is not a person in this world that God's love does not reach. Mm-hmm. That's what Christ has shown us. Give yourself permission in your family to love your kids, even in the moments of rebellion, testing, exploring, things that make your hair stand up <laughs> in the back of your neck.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think one of the most vital things we can do is to experience this love for ourselves. And if we are not daily receiving the kindness, the love of God into our own hearts, our own spirits. It's really hard to give love a weight in this time to these emotions and just to make sure we're open and experiencing God's love personally.
0: And there will be moments your kids in this age really embarrass you, particularly if you're in a church and you're feeling the religious pressure of the group mm-hmm. and there'll be times I remember <laughs> one time Broderick like peed in the parking lot. I don't know how old he was, but there's things where <laughs> you're like, that's not my kid. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs to buck up mm-hmm. and and pull their weight and be good, you know, be a good Christian family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, even in the world, you don't see that, yeah. you know, it's yes. amazing how the world seems to know how to love unconditionally many times more than the church, more than the religious, and that it's such a travesty.
1: Yes, like there's an expectation of like you should feel sorrowful and down if your kid is acting a certain way or,
0: you know. Shame.
1: Shame, yes. Shame is a powerful message,
0: messenger. Right. We're praying for you, Deborah, (laughs) and your mothering techniques. Well, we hope this encourages you. That's the main hope that wherever Mm -hmm. you're at, if you're listening and you have children in this age group, that you give yourself a lot of mercy and that you hold space for them to explore in this season. And I believe they will surprise you. If you picture driving a car, they're going very slowly, toddler years. They're preparing to get out into the highway into a young adulthood. And during the early years, they are swerving kind of all over, they go off into the ditch, you know, but as you just stay with them and love them, they come back, mm-hmm. you know, and so it may be a few days with a bad attitude or in these early years, we have found that it kind of comes and goes. It's like, you'll have a few months, everything's okay. And then all of a sudden there's a few weeks where it's like, what is happening here? I remember Noah with his crazy hair and he grew this long hair and the hair was, came with a a surprising attitude (laughs) (laughs) and he just was withdrawn and gloomy. Mm -hmm. It was like a six month period there Mm -hmm. and where he was like 12, 13. It was frustrating It was like, wow, we haven't had this kind of like overt apathy and an identity he's trying on. Mm -hmm. And so we we held back and you need discernment, right? And intentionality. And there was some moments where we really were more intentional, sat down and like, let's try and get to the roots of this. And yeah, got his hair cut and it was amazing. He felt better about himself, the attitude. And it was so, so thankful that he also decided that's not who I am either. But I believe if we would have doubled down mm-hmm. and disciplined, we could have curbed some of the attitudes, like suppressed it, but it would have come roaring back mm-hmm. later on. And it's so cool now to see him growing into his uniqueness.
1: Yes. his fun self. But I think that raises an interesting point because he was one of the first to delve into the social media world Mm -hmm. where the older kids didn't have that as much. Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole other world to talk about. And
0: Yeah, we haven't given any practical advice. Good luck, parents. We have parented when the internet first came out, right? When we had Mm -hmm. Broderick, we had Mm Dial Up internet modems. Remember those? And you could maybe get a picture and DVDs, CDs. And then now we're parenting with Claire, who's eight, just turned eight. But the next episode, we're going to dive into the teenage years and we will get into social media and some of those other things as well.
1: And on the girl side, I was going to say something about the body and the body shaming. I grew up with. We didn't talk about, you know, your body's changing in this time. And it wasn't like open conversations from that era. And I brought that into our family that you just don't talk about these kind of things. And my own sense of shame about my body, not even as how it looked, but that it was female. And that I carried this inside of me that it's for some reason it wasn't beautiful and lovely and something that God designed. And unfortunately, you know, I passed that on as well with two girls now entering this stage to have a whole different view and communicate to them that these changes in your body is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. We probably should have touched on that more on this <laughs> in this podcast with guys, with boys, sons as well. Mm-hmm. That the there's the emotional side and and it's connected and synthesized with the physical changes that are taking place. And I guess we would just say to emphasize the goodness of all that's taking place in those changes in those hormones. And that this is the way it's supposed to work and be so, you can't communicate enough Mm -hmm. with your kids. They are open for it. It's the parent that doesn't want to talk about it. (laughs)
1: Right. And that, yeah, it's exciting. It's wonderful.
0: Mm -hmm. Even with the boys, it's like, you know, those girls that you didn't want anything to do with now, suddenly you have an appetite for Let's, (laughs) let's talk about that. It's good and why, why it's good. Mm -hmm. And what, what's the context for that? to produce good things in your life. So we'll talk about some of this as we get into the teenage podcast. And I did want to mention as well that we're thinking about doing one on specifically on pornography. And I have a 16 year old son, I have five sons and this is an area that we've learned a lot together And as parents, we talk about going back to the future and giving ourselves advice. Mm -hmm. It's to be so much more open and communicative and battle with them. Mm -hmm. We live in a sexually saturated world with all of the gadgetry to really rewire our brains. Mm -hmm. So if you're just hoping they turn out or hoping they're not being influenced by what's out there, you will be sadly mistaken, especially now. We've parented such a broad spectrum from Mm dial-up modems to now, you know, YouTube at your fingertips. So check back in the future weeks if you're enjoying this podcast. Um, Deborah, any last word?
1: Uh, Just encouragement again to, to dive into God's love and He can give you all the wisdom and the love and the grace and the joy that you need for these times.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll share this with somebody maybe that would be useful for them. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks. Goodbye.